Hi, everybody. Welcome to Busy Living Soba with Busy Chance and Elizabeth Gascone. I'm so excited that Elizabeth said yes to come on. She, her company is Absence of Proof, and she's going to tell us all about her story, but we're going to get some, you know, housekeeping out of the way, and we're going to give a shout out to our sponsors. Soberlink, getting sober requires a rewiring of the brain. Instead of reaching for a drink, we have to learn how to reach for support. It can be hard, especially if you don't have something or someone to help you be honest. That's why I teamed up with Soberlink. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is designed to help you sustain a sober lifestyle while rebuilding trust with loved ones. Small enough to fit in your purse and or pocket and discreet enough to use in public. Soberlink devices combine facial recognition, tamper detection, and real-time results so friends and family know instantly that you're sober and working towards your recovery goals. As a recovery coach, I really can't think of a better tool to demonstrate your commitment to sobriety. Visit www.soberlink/bls to learn more and receive $50 off your device. Thanks, Soberlink. Doesn't that sound like the coolest thing if you needed it? It's pretty amazing. I didn't know that existed. That's awesome. Is, is that awesome? I think it would be amazing, especially because I know so many people, they're like, they, the per, like their loved one, don't they don't believe them, right? They're like, no, yeah. I think you've been drinking. And they're like, no, I haven't. So what happened with you? I'm so excited because you just started this company in 2022 and here we are in 2023 and you've been the you've been at Met Stadium, you've been on with Andy Cohen for all my Bravo friends out there. She was on, you know, um oh my god, what is it? Andy Cohen? What's the name of the show? It's um Watch What Happens Live. Watch What Happens Live. That was so exciting. I saw that. I just I and Andy Cohen's a good St. Louis boy like me. Cardinals fans, even though you're Met Stadium. Next time you're going to have to go to the Cardinals Stadium. But tell us what it was like in 2022 and what brought you to where you are today? Yeah. So, um, the company actually just turned one this past weekend, which was very exciting. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think the journey of absence of proof begins long before I ever started it. And I, I would say that probably begins with my own sobriety journey. And so I started drinking very early, early teens, um, high school, definitely a big partier. And I got to the point right after I graduated or kind of nearing the end of graduation, I was 18. And I was like, you know what, this is not serving me. And I'm not sure why I'm not in the place that I'd like to be in my life. But I know that drugs and alcohol are definitely not getting me closer to where I want to be. And so I kind of made this pact to myself where I'm going to stop and go completely sober for a year from alcohol and kind of just see what happens and what changes in my life. Um, And I always joke that like, surprise, surprise, it got better. <laughs> like, it's always like, you know, alcohol is not good. No one's out there like, yeah, uh, drinking alcohol is going to get you closer to your goals. But I think we are really good at making excuses for why we should continue to drink. Um, and it's difficult to stop for a lot of people. And so uh, setting that one year milestone was really helpful for me. And then once I got to that one year, I was like, my life is completely different in the best ways. I have way healthier relationships. I'm way happier. My mental health is relatively stable for the first time in my life. And so I decided to do that for two more years um, and my life just got better and better. And then after those two years, I was in my early twenties. And while the pressure to drink was high in college, I felt like the pressure to drink in my early twenties was different. And in some ways higher because it was now more socially acceptable. It was now bar culture and going out to restaurants and all of that. And so I wanted to try drinking in moderation. And I think I actually relatively successfully did. I mean, it wasn't destructive to my life in the way that it was when I was a teen. But again, it was that that kind of notion in the back of my head that this isn't actually helpful. 
And so when I removed alcohol completely, all of a sudden I was in New York City, which is like such an epicenter for partying. And I wasn't drinking and I felt like I had nothing to do. And so I found myself on Google trying to be like non-alcoholic parties, non-alcoholic bars, what to do if you don't drink. And I was just coming up empty. There had been some amazing people that had come before me that for whatever reason, I know someone moved to another country or it didn't make it through COVID or for whatever reason, there wasn't the options that there had been previously before I moved to New York. And I was like, you know what, if you can see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand and if I want this so bad, I have all this time now that I don't drink. So let me just try to create something. Um, and a year later, here we are. It's amazing. It is Thank amazing. You. Like you literally got a bit. So I grew up, I'm a little, you're the same age as my daughter. So when I was growing up in St. Louis, you know, we spent our, we went to baseball games all the time. I'm from the middle of the country and there, I, I can't think of anything but baseball, a beer and a hot dog. And yep. you got met. Like, how did that happen? Yeah, you know, I feel so incredibly lucky. And I think that there's so much credit that goes not toward me, honestly, for that collaboration. I think it starts with the Mets and City Field in general. They care, obviously, about baseball. But I think maybe even more than baseball, they care about creating an inclusive environment. I mean, everything that they've invested in at that stadium is for to make sure that everyone that goes to a game has a good time. And so they're constantly thinking about ways to make it more inclusive. And I think that mocktails were already kind of on their radar and it was just great timing that I was starting to kind of come up in the New York scene and they were starting to think about that and we got connected and it was like, okay, how do we do this? And, you know, how can we make a splash? And to their credit, you know, I was, I was not expecting to be able to do what we did. I thought maybe give me a little hot dog stand with my mocktails for one game and I'll be happy. And they were like, absolutely not. Like non-alcoholic should not be an afterthought. It should not be like, for the, the leftovers or for, you know, people that, you know, can't be around alcohol or anything. It should be for anyone that wants to participate um, and to really celebrate sobriety or taking a break because those are really awesome things. And I think that sometimes we have this stigma of like, it's a shameful thing or like, we don't talk about it. And so they were like, let's do this big, let's do this right. And so it was just a blast. We planned a four day non-alcoholic mocktail lounge at the stadium with the, the games. And we had, visits from Mr. and Mrs. Met and, um, you know, unlimited food and mocktails and lots of just amazing people came. Um, so that was definitely like the highlight, I think, of the past year and just kind of like all of the hard work really paying off and really proving that this does have legs. And this is not just a passion project or a hobby. You know, this is something real that people are taking seriously now. And, you know, I think it's so, I was actually talking to a friend this morning about this. So when I got sober, which is almost 17 years ago, on Monday, I'll have wow. on the 14th of 17 years that I haven't had a drink. Congratulations. I, thank you. And when I stopped, there wasn't like many other options, but going to 12 step, right? That was it. You had to come up and you had to say, I'm an alcoholic. I this I'm going to make friends. This is the only option there is. And I feel like your generation is rocking this out of the ballpark, not to be pun pun with the baseball, but, you know, to really think about it, because when you were in college, I know you're, again, the same age as my kids. And when you went to school, I know one of my kids went to school and somebody handled, handed him a, a handle, right? A vodka. And he didn't know, oh, I can't not drink this, right? So you drink, I mean, you get yourself in these situations when you're younger and you have no other way of doing it but to partake, right? You can't, you don't, you can't think about it. So when you decided to do this, when you gave up drinking, how did that affect your relationships with your family and with your friends, most importantly, and the people that you were hanging out with that you were yeah. drinking? 
I mean, the first time around, I talk about like my own sober journey as like, I was sober and then I'm alcohol free. So when I was really sober and and felt like I might be an alcoholic or felt like, you know, alcohol is different for me than other people. It was very challenging because um, I did really identify as this party girl. And I really, um, you know, surrounded myself with people that also identified that way. And a lot of people that really cared about being cool and what was, you know, the status quo and cared more about partying than anything else. Um, and they were great people. It's nothing against them, but it was a very stark uh, contrast now between my new lifestyle, what I was doing and what they were doing. And so there were several times when I had heard kind of through the grapevine where people were like, oh, don't really invite Elizabeth. She doesn't drink anymore. Um, and yeah, and it wasn't like they, <laughs> they hated me or anything. It was just like, I think it was their own way of coping of like, you know, that kind of makes us uncomfortable that she's sober or we don't want to have to like, we don't want to risk triggering her or like this dance around me. And like, if I was like some delicate person, um, and then what I will say though, is one, I got a lot of time back because I didn't have a lot to do. Um, and so I really started investing in schoolwork in hobbies. That was when I first started my very first YouTube channel, which is so funny because like my entire business blew up on social media now. So it was like the skills that I learned when I was first sober are now paying off financially, but also just in terms of like, you know, reward and, um, an impact that I can make. Um, and then I also really identified who were, who were the people that were in it for the long haul. And what I will say is that the people that really stood by me in those times are still in my life and still really close friends. And the people that maybe our lifestyles didn't fit anymore, obviously wish them the best, but we're not in touch anymore. So I think it just really points out who's in, who's with you, regardless of what lifestyle you're living. I agree with you 110%. I mean, that's really strong for someone at your age to recognize because so many people just feel like I have to keep doing this because I'm going to be a loser. I'm never going to be, you know, I'm, I, you know, and it hurts when you hear that somebody's like, they're not inviting me because I don't drink anymore. And I remember having those feelings. I mean, luckily for me, I was a mom, but you being the age that you are, I mean, it's difficult. And I think, mm -hmm. again, what you're doing is so amazing. You know, I said to somebody again this morning, I said, you know, there's more ways to skin a cat than just one way, right? We can't just think that there's only one way to get to the sobriety. And I had some young women on the show a couple of weeks ago, and they taught, one of them said to me, which I had never thought about, was that you go to business meetings. And you drink during these business meetings and you are mm -hmm. drinking during these times when you're making humongous decisions, right? Like with like AT&T, Deloitte and Touche, like big American firms. And you sit down and everybody's having a glass of wine and they're, let's, I, I don't want to say that they're totally impaired, but you can't make really great choices, right? When you have had some cocktails. Totally. Well, it's so funny you mentioned that because um, before I quit to to do absence approved full time, I was in advertising sales. And when you're in sales, like 90% of your job is relationships and client entertainment, which all revolves around alcohol. And so that was really interesting because it's, it's the same thing. It's like, these are business conversations. Everyone's drinking. And, um, and then also if you're not, it's almost like this feeling of like, am I going to mess up this client relationship if I'm not drinking or make them feel uncomfortable? And there's so much unspoken about business culture and drinking. Um, and one thing that's been really exciting over the past year is the number of like corporate events that we've done and like corporate happy hours and how many people have come up to me, you know, we, we bring like mocktails to their office and they're like, thank you so much. Like, we don't know how to say this, but like, we don't want to drink on a Tuesday night at the office. Like that's not, but you don't want to, 
there's this added pressure of when you're at your workplace, you really don't want to go against the status quo because it could affect your, your, how you're viewed in the office. It's so interesting, right? Because it's the peer pressure and you're like, I ha- I'm giving myself peer pressure because I know I want to be healthier. I'm, I'm doing a marathon. I do drink too much and I want to change my outlook, but everybody in the office is drinking. And now I feel less than because I'm not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having this, and the now I have to admit, I don't drink a lot of mocktails just because of the sugar in them. I'm just going to be totally honest. I'd rather- I mean, definitely fair, yeah. (laughs) I'd rather have cake and ice cream. I'm just being honest. And, um, but I hear that they're delicious. Yeah, I mean, we do get that feedback a lot on the sugar and I'm actually on my own kind of like health journey right now. And so I've been hyper aware. I think that brands are starting to realize this is something that, Uh, people want. And the sober curious or sober consumer generally is a pretty health conscious individual. So they are going to pay attention to sugar processed things, et cetera. And so there are a lot of brands that are coming out that are very low in sugar, really high quality uh, ingredients. Um, So that's really exciting to see. And then also you can make a mocktail that is lower in sugar. It's just going to be a little less sweet, obviously, but I prefer the more um, like bitter or complex flavors to like a sugary, juicy mocktail anyway. I, I agree. I used to make mocktails. This is like six years ago. I was making mocktails on my Facebook page and everybody would watch me. And literally, That's I, amazing. I would. And then I stopped doing it for whatever reason. And now it's like the hottest thing in the world, but it's so cool. Has there been any negative feedback from what you're doing? Oh my gosh. Yes. Really? <laughs> oh my gosh. I get destroyed on the internet every day of my life. Um, yeah. And it, and it was to the point too, last October, Um, So anytime you start something new, I I don't know if you experience this with your podcast, but before you kind of have traction, it takes a while to build the self-confidence in yourself of like, okay, I'm really scared to put this out in the world. I don't know what people are going to say. And when I first started, like we didn't have a following, we didn't have a community. This was kind of just an idea that I hope stuck. And I was like, I think this might work, but who knows? And so when, when you get negative feedback in that stage, I feel like it hits 10 times harder because you, you don't have any other proof that it is a good idea. So when people come at you, like, this is horrible, you know, I hate what you're doing. There's no reason that this should exist. You're stupid. You know, all these things, it can really start to get in your head. And so last October, I remember several days out of the month, I was like, this is stupid. I'm going to quit. And there was so many times where I was like, this is like, this was fun. Not going to stick with it though. This is like not worth the, the hate that I'm getting really affected my mental health. Um, but I had already committed to the sober October residency that I was doing. So I literally had to continue to do it and thank goodness. Right. Like I I look back now and I'm like, if I would have stopped, like the amount of good that I've created since that wouldn't have happened, it would just be so sad. Um, and so I try to remind myself now when there's still moments that the haters or negative feedback really gets to me, Um, but I'm like, what, what's going to happen in a year when I look back and I'm going to be like, look at all this cool thing, these cool things that we did. And I'm so grateful that I didn't quit. Don't ever quit. Don't ever quit. My youngest son always says to me, he's 23. He always says, mom, you do you boo boo. And who cares what anybody else says? And I love that because you know, it's, this is a big change for people, but it's a change that's needed to happen for so long. Yeah for so long, right? Because addiction is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I think too, um, you know, one thing that we're really focused on is bridging the gap between sober people and not sober people. Because I think that there's like, like I said earlier, there can be the stigma of, you know, sober people can only hang out with each other and people that drink can only hang out with each other. 
And what we're trying to do with absence of proof is say, it's okay if you just want to take a break from drinking. It's okay if you want to be completely sober. And it's okay if you just want to check out the event. And if it's not for you, that's fine too. And take some of this judgment that I have felt throughout my journey, whether it's sober or not sober. Um, and just say like, you know what? You're on your own path and we're here to support you in whatever that is. I love that because we do put this stigma out there. There is the stigma with alcoholic. It's still there as much as I hate it. That's why I even started doing this podcast and started doing everything years and years ago, almost 13 years ago. You know, I coined the phrase, so we're not ashamed because there was so much shame associated with getting sober when it should be something that people are rejoicing about. Totally. Absolutely. And it's like, it's so funny to me because we celebrate people when they, like incorporate a really new workout, like exciting workout routine or a new hobby or anything else that is like so net positive. And we're like, congratulations, like that's awesome. Um, but then when it comes to sobriety, it becomes this like, okay, congratulations, but like, I want to keep you at arm's distance. Cause I don't want to talk about it. And like, that's scary. And I don't, you know, you're an addict, you know, there's all these things, which it shouldn't be. It should be like, oh, you don't drink. That's awesome. Like, yeah. Oh my God, I agree with you 110%. I want to ask you, what is it like for the social, like when you're meeting, a, let's say you're looking for a partner or you're looking for a mate or whatever it is, and you, and you're sober when you're doing it. How does, how is that for you guys as young people? I mean, the dating scene of being sober. Cause I, I mean, I met my second husband when I was sober, obviously, but my, how do you do it as a young person? Yeah. You know, it's so funny that you mentioned that because we just finalized the date of an event that we have coming up. Um, and it's going to be a panel on sober dating and sober sex, uh, just like an informational because we have so many people in the community. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Tawny Laura. She's writing a, an amazing book and there's a lot of other um, like sober people. And I think that that's a huge question because in New York, one, the first thing that people ask is, do you want to grab a drink? And then you have to be like, oh, I don't drink. And then you risk them being like, oh, you're sober. Like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. You know, there's that whole thing. There's also like the very real thing of like loosening up before a date and dating can be very high anxiety and having a drink can help people calm down. And so the notion of approaching a first date sober, I mean, I've gotten so many comments on TikTok or whatever, where they're like, this is great, but I can't date sober. Like, I just can't do it. Um, and, you know, I wish that I had more context, but I'm, I'm currently with my partner. We've been together for two years and we met when we were both drinking and I'm very lucky in that we both kind of decided that this is not for us at the same time. We're kind of like talking about like health and he's like, yeah, I really don't need to be drinking this much. And I'm like, I really don't need to be drinking this much. And so while he doesn't identify as sober or alcohol free, I don't remember the last time I saw him drink. So, um, so now it's like, I have my partner, but I think what I will tell people is like practice makes perfect, whether it's for socializing sober, dating sober, the more that you do it and the more you flex that muscle, the easier it's going to be. Well, and isn't there something to be said, and you mentioned this in the very beginning, is like feeling confident in who you are on the inside. You said when you pick, when you put down the drink, you felt so much better about yourself. Totally. And, and so much less phases me now. Like I, I just know who I am and it's kind of like, you know, not like take it or leave it in a negative way, but like, I'm not going to apologize for who I've worked really hard to be. Um, and so what's ironic about that is I now have a way more diverse, way more amazing, supportive friend group of people who live completely different lifestyles from me, but they are also standing in their truth. And so we can kind of both look at each other and be like, this is awesome. Like you do you. And they can look at me and be like, you do you. And it's just really beautiful when you have a group of people who all believes 
they're just really proud of who they are. Um, and that's a way better way to go through life, in my opinion. Oh, my gosh, to be authentic? I mean, because then you aren't faking anything. I mean, right. you have these drinks, and then supposedly you act like bravado and everything else, and it's not even real, is it? Right. You know, you have the drinks, and they make you into whatever. You're now Wonder Woman or whoever you want to be, instead totally. of being just Elizabeth. Absolutely. Well, and what's so funny is, like, I remember when I first stopped drinking, I was like, oh, this is going to be hard to be around people that are drinking. Like, I'm going to want to drink. And what's so funny about that is it made me want to drink way less because I saw how people were acting when they were drinking. And I was like, oh, my God, that was me. Like, how embarrassing. Like, I was like, I can't like I can't believe I acted like that. Um, and so it really turned me off from drinking even more um, because, yeah, it, it's so much better. And I used to get horrible like anxiety the next day of like, what did I say? What did I do? Did I embarrass myself? Do I have to apologize to someone for embarrassing them? Like, what do I need to like do damage control on from the night before? And now I still go out, I'm going to like a party tonight and I know that I'm going to show up as myself. So like, sure, maybe I'll say something embarrassing, but at least I stand behind that. And I'm like, I know what I said, you know, you don't have to wake up and be like, that wasn't me. You know, your everything you say is truly yourself. And that is like, how, like that's freedom. That's the, that is like the definition of freedom, right? Being able to be who you are. Now tell me this. So people, you do this in big cities. I know that. And I'm so excited because she did tell me she's coming to my <laughs> So excited. I'm so excited. Um, and I'll get to meet you this winter. But if somebody's living in a small town in America or somewhere around the world, and they're like, how did she do this? I want to do something like this. What is your advice to them? Yeah. So we actually started to get a lot of requests. That was like when I first started thinking about expansion was how many DMs we get be like, come to so-and-so city. And unfortunately the reality of being a small business is like, you have to invest in the places that, you know, people are going to show up. And in small towns, you just don't know if you're going to pull the crowd that you would in a Miami or, or in Los Angeles. Um, and so that's why we launched the e-commerce site. So we now ship all of the products that we serve at events to write to folks wherever you live in the country. Um, so you can throw your own mocktail parties for you and your friends. So that was a big learning there. Um, we're working on a couple of different books. Also, spoiler alert, where we can kind of coach people through, like, how do you throw a party with no alcohol and get people to show up and have fun? Because that was a learning for us. And so now it's like, how, how do I share that wisdom with others so that if you do live in a small town, you can have all your friends over and make awesome mocktails and have a great time. I love that. So nobody has to feel like they can't do this. I mean, if you're yeah. out there and you want to have this party, it sounds amazing. It sounds, oh my God, this is like a dream come true. I like think I was actually telling somebody this morning. I'm like, I can't imagine if I was just like, this was me 16, um, 17 years ago. I was still drinking, you know, and if I had had this option, it would have been amazing. You are helping so many people, Elizabeth. And that is like the best part, right? Thank you. Thank you. I know it's so... You, when you get into the, I don't know, the nitty gritty of the business part of things and the unsexy part of the whole thing and the, the taxes and all of that, you forget the why sometimes. And it's like conversations like this or the message on, on Instagram. And it's like, oh no, like, yes, there's hard days, but like, we're making an actual impact. And at the end of the day, that's what I believe my life is for is to like help make the world a better place. Even it's just like one party. Like, how, like, can we show someone that they can have fun without intoxication for one night? And like, if so, I did my job. Oh my God. And if you help one person, 
just right. Exactly. That's the whole gift. That is the whole gift. I mean, it makes me cry because there are so many people that are out there that don't think that they can do it. And you've given them an option where they can be sober and they can feel and I hate to do this normal and yeah. they can feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not a leper sitting in my house because I have this terrible disease. No, I can still participate in life. I can do the things that everybody else is doing. You've made it okay. Thank, thank you. Thank you for thank, saying that. Thank you for all you do. I'm so glad you said yes. Well, you have to keep in touch with us. You guys all go and look at her stuff. She's amazing. I just feel so grateful that you said yes to come on and sharing your story with us. And um, I can't wait to meet you this winter. And maybe you're going to have to come back on. We might have to do a live. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that. of course. Anything, yeah. anything. And thank it. you so much. Thank you so much. All right, everybody, please reach out. If you need anything, you can always reach me at Elizabeth at ElizabethChance.com. And until next time, keep getting busy living so Bye, Woo. everybody.